Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. I am back in beautiful D.C., Maryland area, and so happy to be back. We just got back from Be The Best You Expo, and we are now going to be talking about two best expos. I mean, one is an event in St. Louis, and the other one is an event in Los Angeles. So what a segue just made for Voice America and you. So welcome. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm great. <laughs> it's fancy meeting you here again. Yes, yes, yes. I think I just saw you, was it yesterday? I can't remember. So Isaac and Jessa, this is my business partner, as you know, uh, Isaac, but Jessa, we have been on the road probably more times than we've been at our own home. So, <laughs> so she is, and she's going to be at the best expo to meet you as well, Jessa. And Isaac, you may want to be at that event in Los Angeles. That's what we're doing every single week. We're bringing a, a best, the best expo speaker. There's 130 speakers, if I recall. Is that right, Jessa, or thereabouts? Something like that. Yeah, it's a huge, huge event at the LA Convention Center. So there's a lot of speakers. Well, wow. you're going to find out Isaac is very shy and he's going to be a, a little bit timid about the fact that there's five or 6,000 people there to see. <laughs> I'm working on uh, my courage. So <laughs> yeah, you I'll definitely have a lot of courage. <laughs> so um, to, to wrap up, I guess, the beautiful week we had, uh, we have Michelle kind of giving a report and uh, what a fine job she did. I think a lot of people agree, including Isaac, that uh, when she went on stage that everyone felt and experienced the Michelle Mraz that actually takes a very difficult challenge or obstacle or trauma and turn it into a victory in a way of actually thanking God, as it were, for that challenge to make you stronger. So Michelle, what was that event like for you? Becoming the best you was, it was an awesome experience. I, well, one, I got to meet Isaac for the first time. Uh, I actually felt him before I heard him. And uh, that's what's really powerful about putting people together and pulling that information out of them and that, that gift that they have. And I can't wait for you to talk to Isaac because he's got just this amazing story and great gift. And I'm so glad I was able to meet him. Oh, and of course, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda for hosting the whole event in St. Louis and um, Terrence. It, it was just, it was a great group of people, good hearts. So, so Brenda Ringwood and Terrence Leftridge and, you know, Janelle Harris indirectly and Lauren Michaels Harris indirectly because, and Prince. Uh, Prince, and Prince McCown. Yes. yes. So Jessa, this will be, uh, I guess, a testament to how important relationships, events, communication, and touching base are in frequency. We uh, we were supposed to go to an event in Dallas, of all places, and I looked up the wrong Lauren. I had a Lauren. I didn't have that many Laurens in my phone. So I gave her a Lauren that happened to be a podcaster in Chicago, and he has an event called The Power of We Symposium. And it's, it's an event where he brings amazing speakers like you guys to an event, and they share with inner city kids that there's hope. And basically, it is a hope dealer fest. And so what happens is all these kids get iPads. I mean, they get all this amazing technology given to them. They have amazing experience, friendship uh, are started, really positive mindset uh, seeds are put in. And he's just very passionate about it. Um, Lauren, the Lauren that I corrected, that uh, is not the right Lauren for the uh, Dallas event, was the guy that was in foster care for 14 different experiences and it was not exactly the best. And so he's very committed to inner city kids having every chance they can to overcome their circumstances and be great leaders like they want to be. So, and, and it is amazing how vulnerable the speakers are. He picks speakers that are crushing it. I mean, hundreds of thousands of, uh, of followers, seven figure earners, and they came from where these kids came from. So it's really cool. So that leads me to the fact that we go to his event and that wasn't supposed to happen if I hadn't picked the wrong Lauren to connect to Michelle. We meet Prince Mikkel and uh, Coach Chuck and they say, you've got to meet Brenda Ringwood. She's got an amazing event. You have to. And so Brenda falls in love with Michelle and Michelle 
recommends me. And then Janelle Harris, this is a confusing story, but follow it, is having an event launching her magazine. And I'm at the launch and I meet Terrence Leftridge. So the two people in control of this event, Terrence is pushing for me to be there and Brenda wants Michelle there. And then we get to meet Isaac. So being the best you is actually showing up is probably the best story. And, and having multiple Laurens in your phone, that's really important. <laughs> Remember the other, other thing that connected is I kept saying, be the best version of you unapologetically. They yes. went, oh, so you're part of our tribe. I said, what are you talking about? They do ours is becoming the best version of you. I'm like, oh, mine's no B. Mine's B, <laughs> not becoming B. And, and so that's really what started it all. Yeah, it's I thought theirs was B. I thought the theirs would be the best you. Theirs is becoming the best version of you. Oh, is it? Becoming the best you. I'm B, the best version of you. Man, that could have been a huge argument. I mean, can you imagine if that had gotten involved? We wrestled. I won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you're, we're heading to an event in San Antonio. And we're, do you, I know this is impromptu, but if there's any San Antonio people or, you know, Jess, if you know people in San Antonio, Isaac, if they come to the event, we like to photograph people with a smile card to honor them for being a positive leader. And we put them in a book. And this is on the spur of the moment, but we haven't been to San Antonio. We hadn't been to St. Louis either, Isaac. So when you saw me a little scared, it's because I'd never been there before. (laughs) Yeah, you wish you were. You are not. And uh, just very important too, you you got to take a picture of me holding your card. And I somehow I obliged. I mean, I'm very obedient sometimes. But uh, yeah, it it, it was fantastic. I think it was a great connection. I do not think that. I, I, I'm sure you are beating, but that was not the, I was honoring you because you're such a positive leader. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I actually made a request. So I cannot even come close to that being an obedient response. I, <laughs> I said, you have the best smile. I'd love to honor you in a book called keep smiling. And here's, here's the newest one for black wow. history month. Look at that. And Jessa's getting a little bit emotional. Wow. Jessa, I, I this is just a book. I mean, you're going to see it when I, when I see it. <laughs> Well, she's, she's kind of making fun right now because before the show, we talked a little bit and she said she was an author and I started going like this and I was, I was waving my hands over my eyes because I get so emotional when I meet another author. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate, appreciate the humor for my, uh, my distractions over here, but um, it, as, as an author and a speaker and a New Yorker, um, and adding this into my schedule at the last minute, I was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm not sure how, but I'm going to make it happen. And um, so I'm actually at the lash salon. I just got my lashes filled oh, and my wow. eyes are my eyes are very sensitive. And so I'm sitting over here and I'm like doing my best to stay still. But they're like burning, burning. <laughs> yeah, but Jessa, Jessa, I have to say I'm being very sensitive right now when I saw you doing that. I, I got very sensitive. So it's a sensitive moment for me too. I, you know, I, sometimes, I can't, I, sometimes I can't it's hard wait. to know. It's hard to tell when Kenny's serious about things. Oh, so yeah, I can't I, I, wait I, to I, get that book in the mail. I'm, <laughs> I'm already just so emotional. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to trade books, Jessa, and uh, we're going to have Isaac Arn uh, about what he spoke about on stage. You're going to really love this man. He's a, he's an amazing speaker, amazing heart. I do want to say that Isaac is probably going to meet you in June because he expressed an interest in going to the New York experience where we're doing the jumbotrons in Times Square and having Perfect. 100 authors, 100 authors show their book on the big Times Square. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Okay. And you've given me a new idea that for everyone to actually feel that much more, I guess, sensitive and emotional, all get lashes just before they see it on Times Square. Because I think this would be amazing if we're all doing this now we have to have people with us to hold the phones up so we can capture it. Capture, but we have to. We all have to be doing this before we see our book. I love that. I can, I can, I can do a reenactment for you. And and just so you know, my 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 book is already in the mail to you. You might you might even get it uh, tomorrow or the next day. Oh my goodness! Well, that is awesome. Yeah, well, I mailed it last week. If you mailed it last week, it might be sitting at my doggone UPS store. Might be. But at least you know what. <laughs> I will feature it next week when we talk to two more the best U Expo speakers. That's what I'll do. That way we'll do a double hit. So I just recalled, I'm going to actually step aside very unprofessionally. I'm going to go get Isaac's book because Isaac gave me his book and I want to show it off. And Michelle, you go ahead and get crazy. I know you've never done interviewing before, but why don't you share that you're probably going to have Isaac on your TV show and why don't you get things started on what you experienced when you met Isaac? I'm going to get the book real quick. 
nothing like putting someone on the spot. I mean, he said, Michelle, you're going to be on for five minutes. Just come on, <laughs> smile, say what you said. Do, go, go to the becoming the best, uh, best you uh, and then get off. So, hello, Isaac. Hello, Jessa. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> so, be- while he's going to get your book, Isaac, Jessa, what's the name of your book? Uh, my, my book. book- the book is called Now That I'm a Manager, What Do I Do Next? Okay, well, he's going to talk to you next, so I'm going to talk to Jessa first. Awesome. So, Jessa, what's your name of your book? My book is The Peaceful Millionaire. Hold it closer. Hold it so it oh, kind yeah. of consumes Close the page. Closer. A little higher, a little higher. Oh, yeah. Re- no, but higher, so we can Mind, see. money, and Like this, like this. Show the whole thing. Oh, nice. Oh. There we go. Good. There Thanks. you go. Jessa Carter. That's, That's beautiful. Nice. That is beautiful. Love that. Thank you. I actually designed the cover myself. Oh wow! <laughs> Good job. Yeah, and then now do. that now that Ken is back, he will talk to Isaac about Isaac's book. Now that I'm a manager, what do I do next? And take it away, Ken. See, I still well, and the ultimate is. guide to building a high performing performing team. Now, I have to confess, I did just get this book signed to me yesterday, and um, my brother Isaac. Wambua. Yeah, practice. I got it right. I practiced eight hours. <laughs> My son was like, can't you say any other word? Like, this is the word I must know. So Wambua, where does that uh, name come from? So um, I'm from Kenya. That's where I was born. And in Africa, most of the African countries, they name kids based on seasons, based on where they're at, the time of the day that they get born. So Wambua is a name is, that's given to a child when they are born during the rainy season, especially if it's raining outside and it's raining, they call you Wambua if you're a, a boy. And then if you're a girl, you get called Kambua with a K. So mm. basically what I, what I like to say is that my parents didn't plan for my coming. They didn't have a name for me. So when I was born, they looked outside, it was raining. They said, we're going to call him Wambua. See, I thought it was because <laughs> it was lightning and it went Wambua. Ooh, like that. <laughs> I thought that was what it was about. And so no. I was wrong about the rain. Okay. No. So, yep. And I love when I met Jesse, when I met Isaac, it was so beautiful when I said, I sense uh, an accent. And of course, he was a little bit humorous and says, An accent uh, from St. Louis? Uh, this is very strange. Uh, this is what we, how we speak. Kansas and, uh, City. That's his he, accent from Kansas City. Yeah, from Kansas City. Yes. But, uh, he, when I asked him where he was from, he said he was, he hit me like that sensitive, like this. It was crazy. He said, I'm actually from the country of Ken. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, the way you're saying that, I feel like my name is part of your country. <laughs> that, do you remember when I did that afterwards, Isaac? I, mean, I do. Was, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Isaac, the, um, the way we uh, love to introduce people is by them telling, you shared where you were born and we went the significance of your name. Share what your childhood was like and what defining moment happened in your childhood, if it was your childhood, that caused you to be who you are today. Yeah, so there are two defining moments. One was when I was seven years old. I remember my dad used to make breakfast for us. We used to live in the city, a place called Mombasa. It's right uh, next to the Indian Ocean. And, um, you know, he would make breakfast for us early in the morning around six, then we would go to school. And and that's a a memory that I have. And then two years later, things changed. So my mom and my dad got into some issues. Um, They separated. We were kicked out of the city. We were sent to the village, a totally different environment where there were no resources, no clean water, not there there was not enough food. And um, that was really tough. So going to the village, it, it, And even the language was different because in Kenya, we have these tribal languages and I knew how to speak our tribal language a little bit, but because I used to live in the city, I was speaking Swahili most of the times, which is one of the national languages. So there was more like a culture shock going going to the village. And it took me about a year before I got used to it. And I remember every single day I was wishing that my dad would just show up to make me breakfast. Uh, And then very quickly, I figured that my dad was not coming back. Fast forward, we ran out of the little money that my mom had, and my mother couldn't get a professional job because she never knew how to read or write. She was basically a stay-at-home mom. So when we were sent to the village, she had to work in people's farms to feed us. And um, that was really tough because I have four brothers and two sisters, 
And that means by the time I got to 10, 11 years old, I, I got introduced to working in people's farms. So um, th- 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 that's, that's what happened. So my childhood was, you know, I, I remember before nine years old, but after that really be- between nine and up to about 13 years old, I don't remember much because it was all about the struggle and trying to survive. And what caused you to, or how many of your family came to the U.S.? And what caused you to go to the U.S.? Actually, I was the, the first one to come. Basically, I'm the only one who lives in the U.S. And so again, when I was done with primary school, I, I went to high school, I went to college, I became an engineer and I got a job. And even though I was getting paid good money, I was working for a telecommunications company, but I would get paid today and the following day I would be broke because I was helping my brothers, my sisters, my mom. And I, I knew there must be something better that I can do. So a guy that I met, again, talking about networking, I was walking on the streets and I saw someone that looked really, really familiar as if they were from one of the families in my village. And I said hi to him and I came to learn that he was working for the government. So when I told him that I was struggling financially and even though I was working for a good company, he said, you know, you, you can find a lot of resources in the U.S. So I started doing some research about that. And I did and I figured coming to the U.S. is easier when you have a first degree. So I applied to come here to do my master's degree. And my goal really was to help my family and I usually tell people, and this is a real thing, I delayed starting my family. I mean, getting married so I can take care of my family because I didn't want them, I mean, all of us to struggle. So I took my brothers through school, um, high school and college. I built my mom a nice home. They are now good to go. And after that, I started my own family. That is amazing. Yeah. Admirable. I wanted a comment on your book. Um, the little time I did spend looking at it, it's just so well done. Um, Thank you. First of all, the cover, I don't know, I'm not a big proponent of having people on the cover, but you really show that you are friendly. You show that you're a leader. And the, I love how you formatted it so well with what people are saying about your book. And then you invite people to really see your other gifts, mm. your leadership, your speaking, uh, your coaching. And I, and I just want to say that you wrapped your book on both sides with the social proof and the commitment you have to be beyond just an author, someone that wants to really step on stage, someone that wants to make a difference for people, uh, someone that wants to inspire. And I also had a brief look at all the notes and references. Mm-hmm. And this by itself is the value like times a hundred to have a book of a person that actually keeps that many reference points of how you became who you are. So you. tell me, tell the audience a little more about maybe a, a challenge you had, something that required you to have more hope to overcome something, to become who you are. Yes, again, I go back to, to fifth grade and I told this story in St. Louis. <clears throat> so because we were struggling quite a bit, for some reason, uh, people made fun of us and they called us all kinds of names. And the thing that I remember the most was one day, my brother and I, David, who is older than me, who are coming from school and we passed by the market. And on the left side, there were men and women sitting outside a, co- a coffee shop, just enjoying their coffee. And one of the ladies said something loudly, and I think she said it on purpose so we could hear. She said, you see those boys, they are going to grow up to become thieves and thugs who will be breaking into, into our houses. So we need to be very vigilant. Now, my brother, even up to today, is kind of very emotional. So he ran home, told my mom he was crying. When I got home, my mom was trying to kind of talk to us, and I said, it doesn't bother me. And she asked me why. I said, because my dad is not here. I got to take care of the family. So really what they say doesn't bother me. And that's the time that I felt I needed to do well in school because my mother told me that education is the key to success. So I was focused in school. I didn't care much what was happening. And that's why in St. Louis, I said, you got to keep your eyes on the girl and your feet on the ground. You have to keep moving. So when I was in fifth grade, my mother again sat me down and said, you know, you're really good with the books and, 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 and you might be the person who is going to save us, but you, you play too much. If you can stick in school, go to high school, go to college, get a job, you might be the person who is going to save us from this environment. And the mm-hmm. key word was saving them. Now, I was, I was very young, but I got the message. Now, I got to sixth grade and I met my English teacher, Mr. Nathan, who again gave me a small book to read, a nonfiction book. That's when I was introduced to professional development. I what fell in love book? with it. He told me how to speak English, how to communicate. What was the book, Isaac? Oh, the book is called Across the Bridge. 
it's 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 authored by by a Kenyan author. It's called Across the Bridge, just like a hundred pages book. But here's what I did. And I'm glad that I did that. You know, he gave me a dictionary and I read that book over and over and over again. I memorized that book word by word. Literally, you could open any page, you mention a word and I will tell you which page is at. That's how much I fell in love with that. But it gave me something else because I was in an environment where people didn't like us and they were saying all kinds of stuff. And I was jealous of the kids that came from rich families and they had everything that they needed, including food. When I learned how to communicate, it, I feel like I had some kind of a superpower because when the teachers asked, asked the, you know, who can pronounce this word, I was the first one to raise my hand. I feel like I had some kind of power. So Mr. Nathan told me, if you learn how to communicate, that's going to open a lot of doors for you. And that's what it has done. So being able to overcome challenges, it was from my mother, Mr. Nathan. Then I got to eighth grade and my principal also picked an interest in me. And because we didn't have food at home, when I go to school, he would split his lunch with me every single day when I went to school. And, and the reason, again, talking about writing a book, um, fast forward, when I went to college, I became an engineer. And my first job was at a, as an assistant production manager. And I struggled to lead people because, again, engineering and leadership, those are two different skills. So, And I did that for 12 years, even after I moved to the U.S., and when I looked back, I said, if someone had taught me how to lead, how to build a team, how to communicate with them, my life would have been a little bit easier. And that's why I decided to write a book just for the middle managers. But again, I'm also playing that space in my business. We do training on management, leadership, communication, diversity. And again, we deal with the people in the middle management. So I felt writing a book that's going to be more like a blueprint for a new manager or someone who has never been trained in their career to become a manager, then it's it's going to be a nice blueprint for them to build well, a high performance. Yes. I have a lot of questions. We only have like four more minutes in this segment. So I want to, I want to keep the answer shorter, but I do want to ask all these questions if it's possible. So okay. mm -hmm. uh, one is not a question. The first thing I want to say is I want to acknowledge you because when someone is a millionaire or a billionaire and they're feeling abundance and confidence, you could tell them that they are poor and they are nothing. And it would bounce off them like it was nothing because it didn't apply to them. So I wanted to acknowledge you that when someone said that you were going to be a future problem, it didn't affect you because you already knew you, who you were as an identity. Mm -hmm. And that really is something that lands for me because when people are bullied, they're hearing a weakness that actually expands because they're feeding that weakness instead of actually saying it does not apply. Mm -hmm. So bravo to you. Um, how do people follow you, reach you, connect to you? So to connect with me, social media, LinkedIn is, is huge for me, Facebook and Instagram. You can just search my name, Isaac Wambua. Uh, you can also find me, yes, right there. <laughs> well, I'm doing that for, for my audience. I already know that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, that, that was one of these moments here, okay? So there, there's the book. Are you writing another book? Oh, yes. Yes. What I'm in the called? process of writing another book. It's, um, you get to know what it is, but it's going to be on professional development. And actually, there's going to be another one, which I'll tell you the name. It's not a secret. It's going to be called Lessons from My Mother. That's going to be my third book. Very good. Um, share with the audience uh, very briefly, one or two gold nuggets, extremely brief. Um, from, from my book? Yeah, from your book. Okay. The, the, the first chapter talks about understanding your role, who you are as a middle manager. You're not helpless. You have a lot of power because you affect the results in the company. So it says the real power comes from within. It's within reach. So uh, that's number one. And then um, also we, we teach on how to build a psychologically safe environment for the employees. It's your responsibility to make sure that they are comfortable when you are still holding them accountable. So th those are the two major things that you'll find there, among other things like how to interview people and how to, um, to train them, how to coach them, how to, be, to commit to what you do. So I would uh, recommend if, you, if you're able to just to get a copy of the book and see if it can help you. I recommend that too. Yeah. And by the way, I don't think this is just for management. I think this is leadership on a lot of levels too. I think this is, uh, it's also about creating empowering teams. There's all kinds of aspects in here yeah. and just being a better you, which is where we just came from. I, I want to read a quote that uh, he starts the book off with in chapter one, a good manager is a man. Of course it could be a person, but this is directly a quote from HSM uh, Burns. A good manager is a man who isn't worried about his own career, but rather the careers of those who work for him. So that's a great yeah. statement to make. And whenever you want a great idea to work, don't take credit for it. Give it to others, right? <laughs> Ooh, that one got me. Justin, did that get you that one? Um, so Isaac, what a pleasure having you on the show. You're certainly welcome to hear uh, 
the response and reaction from Jessa, as well as hear who she is. The magic of Amplified is that we are amplifying and honoring leaders like yourself and Jessa for being inspirational, being role models, and causing community. So you guys have been brought together in a show where you didn't know each other even an hour ago, and I will connect the dots and see what happens. But we are very big about uh, attracting connectors that will create abundance together too. So we're going to go to break and we'll be back in a minute. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back to the second segment, and I'm hoping Dr. Mraz is going to come back in a second because... This is applicable. And Isaac, are you there? You ready? I'm ready. So um, the thing that all three of you have in common that I would like to say I even have in common is that when you hear an opportunity, you figure out how to say yes to that opportunity or you say yes, and then you figure out how to be part of the opportunity. So I was supposed to be traveling today and my flight got changed. And so we had a pre-record, which is why you were hearing the pre-record start. And so I thought that it had been canceled and we were good to go. When I found out I was going to be home earlier, I said, I'm not wasting an opportunity to help the Best You Expo. And these shows are very, very valuable there in Voice America. So I want to acknowledge Isaac. I called him and I said, hey, I'd like you to be on my show tomorrow in Voice America. He said, yes. And then he said after that, he says, and I'll figure it out. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and the other reason I wanted to have you on for one brief second is I, I Michelle just is like this about you. She's so uh, appreciative, uh, enamored, just really loves who you are. And I wanted uh, you to share, because you, you said something to her, and I wanted it to be said on the air as well. You said to, something to her about when she was on stage, what you experienced. Okay. Of course, I experienced a lot of things when she was on stage. And first of all, Michelle, thank you for sharing your story. And, and you didn't even scratch, I mean, scratch the surface. Um, when she was on stage, um, of course, she's very authentic, very real. But what I sensed is a very authentic presence, someone who was telling a story, not, not just for herself, but for others. She inspired me. She empowered me. And honestly, she is one of the few speakers that gave me goosebumps. Now, I usually joke and say I'm an African man. I have a thick skin, thick skin because, you know, it gets really hot over there. But she gave me goosebumps. And, and, and it tells me that it wasn't just about what she was saying, but the way she was saying it with authority, but also with humility. Um, 
she, she reminded me of who I'm supposed to become. And I think I mentioned this to you, Michelle, that I want to be the person who doesn't just get on stage for the sake of it, not for the camera, not for the, for the pictures. I don't even like taking pictures really, unless people do, but I want to be the person who gets on stage to add value to people, to empower them, to inspire them and get them thinking. And that's what you did for me. Now, she also speaks with a lot of authority. And when I talk to her afterwards, now I know why she, you know, she taught me what we call the lion walk. You know, she said, when the lion is walking, he never looks at his, his feet. He would just walk. <laughs> and, and, and I saw that. And again, it's not even about, about pride. It's getting to know who you are, owning the space, owning the stage with all the humility. So I'm um, sure you painted a picture for me of who I can become. And I'm going to work really, really hard, you know, together. I may not match your standard, but I'll get close. And the reason I wanted that said is that Jessa, the reason he's on today is because when we were flying back, I said, um, who really blew you away as a person that needs to be heard and amplified and is the best you? And so uh, she said, Isaac, and of course I call Isaac and in one minute he says, <laughs> I, yes. And then, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I will do it. Yeah. And so, and, and so with, and same with you. And I think that is my message in the beginning of the second segment is to be the best you. You say yes to an opportunity and then you create whatever has to happen for that opportunity to impact others as well as yourself. So thank you, Isaac. And thank you, Dr. Mraz, if you want to be on for the rest of the show. But I do want you to hear the reaction because I'm going to ask Jessa first and foremost. Jessa, what did you think of uh, some of Isaac's messages? And you are on mute. <laughs> well, I, I mean, just just absolutely incredible. I mean, it, it really, it, you know, what spoke to me so deeply is, you know, is for a child to hear those things and, and to really inherently take that on and, and act upon it and, and never give up on that and, and to fulfill that. So the, uh, the perseverance and really, really shines through. And also, you know, it's, you're not talking about, um, you know, missing things that are luxuries in life. You're, you're talking about like, you know, there wasn't food on the table, right? Like I had to do what I had to do to actually put food on the table. And um, it's, it's just empowering and powerful to hear the journey. I come from, from very humble beginnings myself. And um, so just, it's just remarkable. And this is really the power of story. The power and, of story. And we're going to go into your story in a second, but I did want to share one last point that Isaac and Michelle's very aware of. It took six years for us to meet Isaac. Mm. I had to say yes to an event in Vegas six years ago to meet Michelle a year and a half ago to have all these other dots connect to meet Isaac. And here's what I'm saying right now. Isaac saying yes to the show and then saying yes to be on the Jumbotron in New York will mean that he's in a book with you because the Jumbotron mm -hmm. is going to have a hundred authors yes. in it. And I have a funny feeling, Jesse, you're going to be one of those authors, but this is. Oh, I, I already, I already no, no. said yes. No, to the Jumbotron? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Well, awesome. Well, you're going to, we're going to be excited. You're going to help us make the New York experience even better. So that's going to be crazy cool. So we're going to go into your story, Jessa, because this is uh, this segment is not only about you, but it's about how you became who you are and how you got even to the best expo as a speaker and what you're up to next. So let's start with, where were you born in those humble beginnings and what was childhood like for you? I was born in the Appalachian Mountains, rural Virginia. Just so happens that I was born an hour away from Pound, Virginia, where Napoleon Hill was born. I was born in Abingdon, Virginia. Wow. That's so cool. And so there's a, there's a, there's a ton of synchronicity there because Napoleon Hill is, I mean, that that's my heart. And I didn't know until I was writing my book that he was from basically like my hometown. <laughs> you have your book handy by any chance? I do. Awesome. Oh yes, you do. Okay. So go ahead and hold it up again real close to the screen so we can see the pool. There you go. Perfect. Okay. So this is an intriguing title because we've, 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 I think a lot of people have heard about the millionaire next door. So the peaceful millionaire, I just can't wait to ask you how you came up with that title and the premise of the book. Um, but we're going to hold on. We're going to hold on. We're going to let people lean in to the show. So the number one thing we ask in our Dose of Hope book going out to 20 million people, which you are going to be invited to be part of that. And we have just, you know, Dr. Mraz is actually cleaning up one of the more powerful uh, chapters in the book. It's, you remember Rudy Rudiger, the movie Rudy? 
he's in the book. He's going to be in the next uh-huh. printing. And, and what's interesting, um, it's a four-hour template that's like a TED Talk. And if you were to decide to get your chapter in relatively soon uh, about how you created who you are, how you created your why and how it impacts the world, and Isaac did that, it'd be very interesting. But Rudy from the movie, Isaac and Jessa would be in the next volume of Dose of Hope. And I will, I will talk to you about that at length later, but that's just a little seed to let you know that these things are happening where it just is like mind blowing that it didn't even exist the day before. You probably already know this, Ken, but I, I have to chime in and, and say this, uh, the acronym for hope, um, help one person every day. That is good. I, okay. Help one person every day. So we have for hope, hold on pain ends. Okay. But okay. You, I like yours too. Help. Help one person every day. Help one person every day. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to take it down. I I usually try and help about 12. So I guess 11 people are going to be out of luck moving forward. Just going to one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, we we are in a very abundant universe, right? So help one or more persons (laughs) every day, Ken. One or more. It's always this or greater. So help one or more persons every day. That's good. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> I actually like that even better. <laughs> yes, that's good. I like that. All right. So tell us more about how you created who you are. What is, what's something that uh, hope did actually kick in and cause you to be who you are? Yeah, I mean, so there, there was an early, uh, you know, kind of those pivotal moments. I, I love that you were talking about connecting dots earlier. And that brings me to one of my favorite quotes by Steve Jobs. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking forward. And when I look back and I reflect on my life and I connect those dots, it, it's eerie <laughs> how, how much the dots all make sense. Um, so I had... Um, seizures as a child. And it was something that I was very ashamed of, that I was very embarrassed about, that I never told people about. Um, I think that I had probably internalized it as, as, you know, that there was something wrong with me. And um, so it was something that I hid for a very long time. However, it was it was such a part of me and a unique experience as a child to have to go in for EEG testing and have all the little toothpaste, little probes put on my head and all these things. Um, and so as the universe and, and fate would have it, um, I ended up in my professional career. Um, my, my mother, similar to Isaac's, was very um, big on education. That was all she knew. And she knew that I was very smart and she wanted nothing but a better life for me than, you know, than she had and to give me the absolute best life possible. And so, um, like I said, that only only path that she knew was higher education. Therefore, at the time, the only path I knew was higher education and So I went and I, so I ended up having a career in Western medicine. I was a neurosurgical physician assistant for 10 years. Wow. Um, So those, those seizures as a child, I was just absolutely fascinated by the brain. And so it's a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of my work today. I very lightheartedly say I now do mind surgery, no scalpels or anesthesia required. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. So let's, uh, let's jet over to that title of your book, The Peaceful Millionaire. So a peaceful millionaire. Tell me how that came about. Is that your, isn't that your first book? It is my first book. Um, there's going to be three books in this series, but uh, let's start with where the, how this came about. And um, uh, um, I, I, I am curious before you start. I'm going to guess guest titles: um, the peaceful millionaire, the chaotic millionaire. I'm guessing, and then the peaceful billionaire. Okay, <laughs> is there a transition up to? You're, you're, you're correct on, on number three is going to be the peaceful billionaire, but number two is going to be the peaceful multimillionaire. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) A little off. And there is a little chaos getting from million to a billion. So, but you just pulled it out and said, this is how we're going to do it. Well, I I mean, here's the thing. I I feel like um, the, 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 the chaos is a choice and I choose not to. And so um, now the, the title of the book, truly came through me. Um, the entire book came through me. That's a big part of my journey and how I ended up where I am today with this you know, transition from doing neurosurgery for 10 years into being an author, a speaker, um, and an advanced mentor. So the Peaceful Millionaire came through me as far as the title. That's what I was given for the title of my first book. However, 
um, it's very, very apropos and very fitting because those first six years that I worked in neurosurgery, um, I was working 60 to 80 hours a week and I had zero um, life outside of work. Mm. And so I literally promised myself um, once I found a path that was different than that, once I found that there was a better way that I could succeed and move forward without the stress, without the overwhelm, um, I promised myself that I was going to build a business, build a highly successful, highly profitable business in my terminology and empire. And I was going to do it without all of that stress or overwhelm. I was going to do it in a peaceful way. That is the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, my, my favorite two words that I think I attribute success to are patience and persistence. And there's peace in that because the, and the patience is the peace, but the persistence is the integrity of the patience. Yeah. I love that. Well, and, and also when, when you're, when you create that space in your life and, and I often will, you know, slow down to speed up when you are in a flow state you so much more actually happens. So you're, you're far more productive in that flow state where things are just getting done and you don't have to be, you don't have to overdo it. I mean, if I were to, if I were to think about all of the things that I need to do on a daily basis or over the course of the next week before I leave for the best you expo, if I were to think about all of the things I would be like, Oh, right. Um, the way I work, the way I operate is I don't know how it's just, I don't know how it's going to get done. I just know that it will. It always yes. does. Well, we have so much <laughs> to cover in the next like 10 minutes or so. So let me frame what we can do. And you tell me if, that, if this is cool with you. I would like to do a quick question of how you found out about the Be the Best, the Best You Expo and Bernardo, how you found out about that. And then I'd like to jet into some principles of creating a peaceful millionaire experience because that would be your book. And I think if you share them, that Isaac might make managing millions peacefully as his next book, maybe. Managing millions <laughs> and you guys might do a collab book. There you go. So how did you find out about the Best You Expo? How did I find out about Best You Expo? So there's actually a little bit of a, a story to that. I'll, I'll make it brief. But essentially, I was um, through synergy of a bunch of different groups, I very briefly ended up in um, some of David Fagan's calls, probably, I don't know, it was, I think it was even year before last. And yeah, it was, it was year before last. And I met a gentleman and I heard them about the best, or, or excuse me, it wasn't even the best UX, but it was the love event. And love I was it. like, Ooh, that's event. That's an event that I should be part of. And so I reached out to um, a person that I had connected with and had a prior conversation with once I realized that he was speaking there. And I was like, hey, I really would you know, love to speak at that event. I think it's a perfect fit for me. Um, oh, my goodness. You would ask me well, name no, right I, now. I, I like, well, it's not about name dropping. It's about, it's about honoring. But if you don't have it handy, don't worry about it. Keep going. It might, it might, it, it'll, it'll come to me. I am not thinking, I can picture his face and I, his name is completely blinking at this moment. Um, but anyway, so he, he made the introduction to, um, to Michael and Bernardo and I was all, you know, set up at the beginning of last year to, to speak at the love event. And then they transitioned the love event to virtual that ended up being a smaller event than they had anticipated. And so I got a phone call and they said, Hey, we're going to put you on stage at the best you expo. It's a bigger stage. And we're just going to transfer your investment over. And I was like, done. Okay, cool. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's share some principles from your book. And then we're going to go into rapid fire. That's so where I ask you questions very fast and you give me fast answers. Like, what book changed your life? What movie inspires you? And Isaac, you're going to be playing too. So we're going to go volley back and forth. So why don't we go ahead and uh, share maybe one, two or three principles, depending on how much time you can fit in of some of the peaceful millionaire strategies. Sure, sure. Um, well, and speaking of David Fagan, like literally his tech, he's texting me right now. <laughs> I just said his name and now his text message, so cool. he's texting me on the screen. Synchronicity. Anyway, um, so there are 30 uh principles of the peaceful millionaire. And um, the one that's just dropping in right away when you were kind of asking those questions is never add time. 
never add time. Um, there's, there's so many things just, it's a silly example, but it it really is one of the most powerful things that you can start to implement in every single aspect of your life is to never add time. So if you think of a friend and they pop into your mind and you haven't reached out to them in a while, if you don't call them, at least send a text message, never add time. You're thinking of that person, let them know that you're thinking of them, that you care about them. Um, I wanted to book a house on the beach um, in California for my birthday because my birthday is right after the Best You Expo. I had this gorgeous house that I had found. I was waiting around to see which friends were going to be coming before I committed and blah, blah, blah. Missed the house, right? And I and I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I added time and I missed it. Um, and so I was so upset with myself. Your birthdays so are it, inter- International Mother's uh, uh, Women's Day. It is on International Women's Day, indeed. It's like the whole world want to celebrate you personally with all the women. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it, it, it's it's very fitting that I finally have grown into the fact that my um, that my birthday is is on that year, um, and or that year, that day. Wow, um, words, language, communication. <laughs> so you were adding time with adding some more words. You didn't need to. You got it. I didn't need to. I didn't. All right, need give to. another person. Um, Let's see another principle. Oh, so this is actually a bonus principle, which is not in the book, but it's on the bookmark. So if you have to, um, if you happen to get a signed copy of my book, um, I, I it comes with a bookmark, and I added a bonus principle to the bookmark, which is uh, what you seek is seeking you. That's awesome. So no, no matter what that is, whether it's a, a business opportunity, a romantic partnership, a, a friendship, a, a travel opportunity, whatever it is, um, what you seek is seeking you. And what are you speaking about at the expo, the best you I am speaking. What am I speaking? I'm speaking on a couple of things. Um, one is optimizing your mind for inevitable success. And the other is um, is a talk on divine wealth, um, which is how rich can you be? I like these topics. I think these are, I'm going to have to get the schedule and make sure I circle and put my priority in seeing your speech. That's awesome. Hey, I do want to actually quickly give a little shout out to the man who put it all together. So this is a man evolving. We happen to be fortunate enough to be the publisher of this beautiful book. So all three of these books are worth your attention. And of course, Dr. Mraz, you have your new book, Unapologetic. Do you have it handy? Okay. We'll, we'll put a link. I mean, we've, we've seen it before, but I always, care, I always keep one kind of handy, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. This, uh, Jessa, this is a picture of me when I was younger. <laughs> you, had, you had hair. Look at all that hair you had. Ken. I know. I know. All right. We're going to go to rapid fire. So. Um, before, Michelle, before you go, yes. before you go to rapid fire, um, her, her book title was unapologetic. And my entire life, I've always said, if there was uh, a biography written about, uh, about me and my life, that that book would be called unapologetically Jessa. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, no we coincidences would- here. Cause that's my life story. That is so cool. <laughs> all right. So if you all want to play and we can keep all the answers super short, we'll go. We'll go Isaac, Jessa, Dr. Morales. Okay. So I ask a question, Isaac, you just hit it, Jessa, and then we just keep going that order. So I, J, M, I'm doing the alphabetic order. Got it? All right. Book to change your life, Isaac. The Power of Positive Thinking by Dr. Vincent Pearl. Jessa. Infinite Possibilities by Mike Dooley. Dr. Morales. Illusions by Richard Bach. A movie that inspires you, Isaac. The Pursuit of Happiness by Will Smith. Man, that's been, that has been the answer for two weeks. All right, go ahead, Jessica. Oh, um, I, I'm, a ho- I'm a closet hopeless romantic. Um, the Holiday with Cameron Diaz. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Dr. Mraz? Mine is What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. Awesome. Uh, what song gets you going, Isaac? The what? What song gets you going? Oh, wow. Um, it's an African song. <laughs> Say it. I'm going to buy it. Say it. Uh, it's called Lagomba. Lagomba. Send me a link. I'm buying it today. Okay. Jessica? Yeah. You better not All say Lagomba. Is- if you say Lagomba, no. I'm going to be like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know that one, but I, I'm going to have to download it as well. Uh, mine is all I do is win. 
That's a great one. All yes. I do win, win, yep, yep. win, no matter what. That's a Imagine Dragons. <laughs> that right? Uh, no, I think that's more of like a it's a, more of a rap. Okay, rap. T Pain okay. or somebody, oh, one okay. of one of those guys. <laughs> we'll, I don't we'll know. Get, we'll get the link. We'll get the link, <laughs> Doctor Mraz. I, she just changed my song. Now I've got red. Uh, was that I've got black eyed peas. I'm a beat. I'm a beat. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beat. I'm a beat. I'm a beat. Yeah. All right. Next one is uh, who is someone you'd like to meet you haven't met? Isaac. Elon Musk. Okay. Jessa. Oprah. And uh, I call myself the next Oprah on Michelle. Nice to meet you. So we're one cup. Step closer. Honestly, I really want to meet William Paul Young of the Shack. Yes, that's a good one. All right. Um, what is a who's your hero, Isaac? My hero, uh, it is not cliche. It's my mother who just passed last year. Okay, and why don't you uh, say? I know you gave uh, acknowledgments. Say your uh, children's names and your your wife you'd like right now. Yeah, my my wife is called Terry. And uh, my two kids, my daughter is called Leilani, which is Hawaiian for heavenly flower. And then my, my son is called Nathan. Awesome. And yeah. hero for you, Jessica? Um, hero for me is my fiance who passed away 10 years, um, 10 years ago. So we didn't get into that, that aspect of my story. But um, I would not be who I am or where I am today if it were not for um, the time that I had with that man while he was here on say this his earth. Name. But We're wrapping. Sorry, sorry. Say, say his name. Ahmed Shihada. Okay. And Dr. Mraz, last one. My hero is my mother. And it's because of all the things that she's gone through. Yeah. Okay. And the quote you live by, that's the last thing we're going to, and then we wrap. Go ahead, Isaac. It's by Lao Tzu. And it says that uh, he who conquers himself is strong. Um, I mean, he who conquers others is strong and he who conquers himself is mighty. Awesome. Jessa. Where you are now is closer than you've ever been. Keep going. Michelle? Maya Angelou, people will forget how you, what you said, but they will always remember what you, how you made them feel. Amen. So, and, uh, you know, Coach Chuck at the uh, Best You Expo, he showed me this and he, and he did this. He goes, no one's ever done this before to you, Ken. The oh. beating heart. He did the beating heart for me. He didn't just do the heart. He, oh yeah, I guess it was this way. Yeah, it was. It was this way. That's what it was. <laughs> he was so proud of himself. So, Coach Chuck, good job. You have shown me something new with a beating heart. So, this is Ken Roshan, Arn Amplified Voice America, Jess Bernard, looking down at us and keeping us alive with our voice in America. So, keep smiling and be the next hope dealer. Contact us if you have an inspiring story. Thank you all for being on the show. You guys are amazing. Look forward to seeing you in person in a couple of weeks. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.